0: and some new faces as well hey we are on week four everybody say week four of our, our, our voice series and we've got two more weeks left after this um, before we have an amazing speaker at the end of the series um, I won't tell you his name until the week of so you know so you can get excited be expecting that God's going to do something amazing but how is everyone enjoying the series, grabbing some gems from it? And if you've missed out, you can go on Spotify. You can go on our website. We make sure that we can make the Word of God available to you wherever you are. Yes. Um, and sometimes you miss out on Sunday, but we got you. Yes. Say we got you. We got you. We got you. We got you. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> Making it awkward for you, eh? <laughs> Everyone say voice of, hope. voice of hope. So we're on the second part of voice of hope. We talked about the voice of faith. We did two parts of that. We did voice of hope last week. And we learned that last week that the world's hope is wishful. When the world speaks about hope, it's wishful thinking. I hope I get that. I hope I get that. There's no anchor in their hope. But as we learned last week, that is hope as a person. And hope is Jesus. Are we all right? right. See, before Christ, we were all doomed. Can I say that? Before Christ, we're all doomed. But through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have hope. So God, in this moment, I just pray as we go dive in through your word, that you speak to us and that we'll go away with some gems, not just written on a paper, but written on the tablets of our hearts, that fruits will come forth from this morning service. In Jesus' name, amen. But before Christ, as I was saying, before Christ, we're all doomed. And without Christ dying and rising from the dead there is no hope because without Jesus we have no hope do you think the service is here just for a service or is it because of what Jesus done for us because if Jesus didn't do what he did I doubt we'll be here this morning because without Jesus we have no hope which came from my final point last week is that hope needs to point to who Jesus sounds so simple but in, in, in society today, especially with, with church, just the church in general, hope is always point to a building. Hope is b- pointed to a connect group. Hope is point to a conference or service. But without Jesus in the midst of those things, that hope is flawed. Are we all right? Our hope has a point of difference. And again, who is it? Jesus. That's the point of difference. And today 's message is for those who have who have accepted Christ, but also this message for those who haven't or hasn't have, have, blah, 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 hasn't had an experience with God that you have an opportunity today to give your life to him because that's what God wants you that what God wants is that he wants to have a relationship with you not a religious act where you come to church every Sunday but he wants a relationship with you that it's a journey and so Talking today, if you don't know God this morning, just listen to what I'm about to say because this is what you can do when you accept Him. Are we all right this morning? Yeah. So you're yeah, the beautiful thing that God has designed each and every one of us to be hope carriers. Let me say that again. God has designed each and every one of us to be a hope carrier. Are we all right this morning? Yeah. Being a hope carrier means we need to be connected to the source of all hope who is who? Jesus. You notice that I didn't say Hill's NZ. You notice that I didn't say to the pastor or the leader or a person that a hope is connected to the source of all hope who is Jesus. A relationship with Jesus is everything. The reason why we come here on Sunday is the outworking of that relationship. Are we right? But today with church, I'm saying just the church in general, that people come to church to attend a function or uh, what's it called? A show. Church is not a show. Are we all right this morning? We're not here to experience a concert of music and then we sit down and listen to somebody speak. We're actually here to build a relationship with Jesus. Are we right? And we learned last week that the world's hope is wishful, but the world's hope implies doubt. The world's hope implies doubt. But by us surrendering our lives to Christ we can start to begin this life of being hope carriers. Are we all right this morning? Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in who? Me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So... No longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. What a powerful stance. What a powerful position. That the moment we accepted Christ into our life, He now resides in you. Are we right? He resides in you. The King of all glory. The person who created heaven and earth resides in you. Are we powerful this morning or what? Like, think about it. Like, we have the Creator who spoke the world into being live inside of you. Yeah. Amen. And if you don't know Christ this morning, you can know Christ this morning. And that same power will live in you the moment that you accept Him. Are we all right this morning? See, the moment we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life, we become a hope carrier. How, you might be asking, how am I a hope carrier? Okay, thank you for asking. appreciate it. Um, how am I a hope carrier? Christ is in you. Yes. We learned last week that hope is Jesus. And if Christ lives in you, you carry hope. Yes. What a powerful stance. Are we all right this morning? So what is a carrier? Well, you might be asking. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it this morning. Um, what is a carrier? A carrier, it's a person that holds something. Not only did Christ say he lives in us, but he also gave someone when he left earth. Are we right this morning? Yes. So I carry it as a person that holds something. So we have Christ who resides in us. But then he gave us an advocate called the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He also resides in us. Are we right? Yes. Yeah. Acts eight says this. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my what? Okay, guys, are we reading the same thing? Because it's up there. I made sure it was up there. Is it up there? Yeah, it's up there. Okay, let's read it again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my what? Witness in Jerusalem, in Wainui Mata, in all Judea, Lower Hutt, in all Samaria, Wellington, (laughs) and to the ends of the earth, the whole world. (laughs) Are we all right? Are we all right this morning? So when we give our lives to Jesus, we then receive the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit helps us to share the message of hope in all areas. Because yeah. we will be our witness in what? Jerusalem, Wainui Mara. But beyond Wainui Mata, Lower Hutt, yeah. beyond Lower Hutt, Wellington, beyond Wellington, New Zealand, beyond New Zealand, the world. Yeah. Being a hope carrier is not for a Sunday service. But it's for Wainu Lower Hutt, Wellington, New Zealand, the world. Hope carriers. Are we all right? I'm being excited by myself. Holy Spirit empowers us to be a witness of hope. So we just talked about real quick that we're hope carriers, that Christ lives in us. And Christ is true hope. That without Christ, there is no hope. And now that hope lives in us, and we become a hope carrier. But then beyond a hope carrier, he asks us to be a witness of hope. So when you hear the word witness, what comes to mind? Think about it. When someone says a witness, what comes to mind? Most people envision someone in the courtroom when you think about a witness. Did you guys think about that when you think about a witness? A courtroom? A witness is someone who, was, who has witnessed something and is present to, the rec- to recount what they saw, heard, and felt. That's a witness. As Christians, we are also expected to be Christ's witnesses, giving testimony to the truth that we have experienced and heard. So when God came into our life and gave you hope, this is first hand experience. Are we all right? When you say, God, come into my life, make me new, help me to walk in your ways, there's an impartation that Christ comes in you, Holy Spirit, the advocate comes upon you, and then from that moment, you become a hope carrier, but not only that, you become a witness of hope. So you experience hope firsthand because you accept Christ in your life, because with all your sin, with all your doubts, with all your muckers, muckers, your, your, your misses, I was supposed to say muck ups, your muck ups and your misses, all that stuff, God gave you hope. Because no one deserves to be here, including myself. But Christ qualifies us. Are we all right? So when God came into our life and gave you hope, that is firsthand experience. The hope God gave you, now you can give and be a witness of hope. I put it like this. Our voice of hope is all dependent on what we've experienced with Christ, not church or people. Let me say that one more time. Our voice of hope is all dependent on what we've experienced with Christ, not church or people. I'll say it like this. We as people are flawed and people fill church buildings. Hello? Sorry, if you wanted to go go into a perfect church, this is not it. (laughs) We're imperfect. And so we as people are flawed and people fill church buildings. But our experience with hope needs to come from the relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you, I'm going to let you down as a senior pastor one day. There's going to be something that I say, something I might do do that offends you. And I'm sorry in advance, but I'm flawed as well as you. Your hope is not in leadership. Your hope is not in the pastor. Your hope is not even in the church building. Your hope is in Jesus Christ. And we're witnessing. We have too many Christians witnessing, not hope, but the opposite of hope. We have so many Christians going out to the world and saying, the church hurt me, but it wasn't the church. It was the people. And so we talk about from our experience, we become a witness to people that Christ is flawed. We can't go to witness to people that the church is flawed. Of course it is, because it's filled with people. But I thank God that our hope is not in people. But our hope is in Christ. Are we all right this morning? Like, our hope is in Christ. And if, if we can see that our voice is all dependent on our experience with Christ, your world will change. If we put all our hope in having a relationship with Jesus Christ, that is everything. It's great that we have a relationship this way, but this way is more important than this. Because this will be only great if this is connected great. Are we all right? Pastor Darren helped me with this, and it was, he wrote this, flawed people equals flawed hope. But a perfect Christ equals a perfect hope. Are we right? Flawed people equals a flawed hope. And a perfect Christ comes to a perfect hope. The reason why I say this, say this is because Christ lives in you, and we should display the Christ that's in us to witness hope to the people in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Not from what you know, yeah. but f- by your relationship with Jesus yeah. as a witness. That, that, relation, that, that, that time that you spend with him, reading your word in your own time, that's you getting download from heaven, yeah. that you can be a witness of hope to the people around you. Yeah. A voice of hope needs to point to Jesus who is hope. Are we all right? Hope needs to point to Jesus. We can't point hope to a church because the church is flawed. The reason why is because it's filled with people and people are flawed. I'm flawed. Look at your neighbor. They're flawed. Look to your other neighbor. They're flawed. But that's okay. Truly, that's okay because God is experienced in working with flawed people. You think that God can't use you because you would mucked up and you did some bad stuff? Man, check the people in the Bible. They're worse than you. Trust me. They're worse. God worked with tax collectors who were the worst in their day. God worked with prostitutes. God worked with murderers. God worked with anybody who was willing. God worked within a donkey. If God can work in a donkey, <laughs> come on. I'm sure he can use your neighbor. <laughs> oh, sorry, not this church, eh? Far. Another, another donkey. Yeah, far. <laughs> but if God can use a donkey, man, he can use you. <laughs> Are we all right? Here's some stories. Like Here's some stories from the Bible that I hope encourage you. In Luke 19, it's a story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Say tax collector. Everybody hated him because he would get the taxes, but he would put more on top of that. Steal from people. So Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and everyone hated him. But then there's this moment where Zacchaeus climbs a tree, and Jesus calls him out by name and says, can I have supper with you? I'll come to your house. Come have a feed. Yeah? Are we right? Jesus calls him, calls him out by name. He has a meal with Jesus, which gave him hope. If you look at the story, Christ gave him hope because no one would have dinner with him. All the religious people were too religious to have a conversation or a feed with him. But Jesus, who is everything, who is hope, took time out of his day to have a supper. With this man called Zacchaeus. Yeah. Are we right? From a meal with Jesus, from one meal, let, let, me, let, let me make this clear. Yeah. From one meal, Zacchaeus changed his life forever. Yeah. Yeah. One meal. He has a meal with Jesus, he gave everything back to those he stole from, plus more. But not only that, Zacchaeus' whole family got saved. And not just family, everyone in his household, which means probably his servants, everyone who was part of his household, got saved that day from a meal with hope. You might be going, oh, dinner can't change something. Dinner can change everything. In John 4, there's a Samaritan woman. This woman had five husbands. Say five. Five. That's a lot. (laughs) But even when Christ calls it out, he says even the person that you're with is not even your husband. Jesus calls her out and he offers something else to her. Are we right? In this moment, Jesus reveals her sin but also restores her. Saying, hey, you got five husbands and the one that you're with is not even your husband. And she's like, how do you know? And he starts revealing to her what she could be. I don't think the Bible shows the whole conversation because it's quite short. But I think in the midst of that moment, Christ was showing hope to a person who felt hopeless. And in that moment, she had first-hand experience of hope. And then she became a witness of hope to her community. That whole community was transformed and changed from one moment with Jesus called hope. Imagine a conversation that you can make in your workplace, in your family, wherever you are, who could change somebody's life forever. From that one moment of witnessing hope, she changed her whole community by herself. And from that moment, people just got saved. Are we right? In Acts 16, I'm just telling you stories from the Bible. Acts 16, I encourage you to read these stories. And Acts 16 is about Paul and Silas in prison. Are we right? Paul and Silas were wrongfully put in prison. And in this moment, they said midnight, they started praising and praying to God. And that in itself is so weird. You're in prison. You're wrongfully put in prison. And then you decide to worship and pray. Oh, you guys will worship and pray? Are you saying that you worship and pray in jail when things going against you? But Paul and Silas has this moment like, hey, we've got a good idea. Let's worship and pray. And in that moment of worship and praying, an earthquake hit the jail. Every chains got loose. Every door was open. And in that moment, the guard thought everyone escaped. Are you following me? They thought everyone escaped. And the guard was about to kill himself because that was a big no-no for what happened. Then Paul from the other room Let me say this real clear. Paul goes, stop, don't kill yourself. Paul was in darkness in another room way far from the jailer. It's like from like, let's just say, I'm Paul and Silas here in this this little room. I can't see beyond my room. But for some reason, the Holy Spirit talked to him and said, hey, tell them to stop. Stop, don't kill yourself. And the jailer's like, hey, Paul, how do I get saved? Because you just saved my life. You just saved my life. How do I get saved? And Paul was a witness of hope, and he gave hope to the guard. And from that moment, he had a, he had a meal with the guard in his household, and the household and the guard got saved. A moment of hope changed a moment forever for this man. And if I come to think, of, think about it, the church and you, a moment with you can change somebody's life. Say to your neighbor, a moment with you will change somebody's life. Like imagine if the church think like this that a moment with me will change your life, not because of me but the Christ in me, the hope of glory. Are we all right? Like, I'm um, one moment with you can change somebody's life. One conversation, one coffee moment, one dinner with you will change somebody's life and their household. That's the power of a witness, yes. because you experience firsthand. So you give that out freely. There's no charge. There's no oh, you have to come to church before I start sharing the gospel. Are we, right? Oh, sorry, I can't. I can't. I can't do the salvation prayer with you. We have to go to church for it. No, you can do it. Because you're, you're a carrier of hope. Yes. You're a witness of hope. And you can do a lot of things. Yes. You're actually more powerful than you, what you think. So what does a witness of hope look like? I was like looking through the scriptures, and I came upon this, and it's actually a, a, great, a great scripture of what a witness of hope looks like. In Romans 10, 13 to 15, it says, Everyone who calls on my name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? Are you following me? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So how can someone believe if first if they haven't heard, but if they can't hear, they need someone to preach it? Oh, no, no, that's, that's Pastor Jordan and other, other pastors on a Sunday. No, it's you. And how can, they, can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Yeah. Are we all right? Yeah. So is that how, can, how can they call on the one, who they, have, um, and the one they have not believed in? Yeah. And how can they believe in the one they have not heard? But then how can they hear without somebody telling them? Yes. The reason why we have a dying world is because hope staying in the church. Are we right? Hope staying in connect groups. Connect groups are great. Please go to (laughs) one. Hope staying in a conference. But the hope wasn't for in the church, the hope was for the world. Are we right? So, because it literally says how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Because a lot of the times people don't want to come to church because they feel judged, because they feel like they're inadequate. So if they if they feel like that before they walk in the door, how, how would they feel when they walk in the door? Even worse. So if they're not going to come in the door, then we should go out the doors and give hope. Because how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can someone preach without being sent? And you might be going, oh, but my pastor hasn't sent me. No, God has. Because he says, go out, make disciples of all nations. That that wasn't to to the pastor, that was to everyone. Go out, make disciples. Are we all right? Look to your neighbor and say, you are to go out and make disciples. You are. I was so encouraged by the by this letter saying that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and I believe that. But everyone in the everyone who calls upon his name must hear it from somebody. Did you hear it from somebody before you got saved? Then how did it, how did it stop with you then? If I think about myself, I got saved, cool. But why did that salvation stop with me? God's called us to be a witness to all nations. But for some reason, when someone gets saved, it stops in the church. But God's called us to witness to the world. And this is not to put anybody down, but this is to like, really, come on, let's do it. We can do it. We can actually witness to the world with hope. And a relationship with Jesus is the only qualification you need. Bible college is great. Doing all that stuff, going to conferences, coming in service, going to connect groups, great. But the greatest thing of everything is just having a relationship with Jesus. How can the world we live in know hope if we don't live hope, if we don't voice hope, and if we don't show hope? You know the person that you work with and you know that the stuff that they're going through? And you're like, I've been through that. But you don't say anything. You don't show them a different way. Let me encourage you this morning. Why don't you show them a different way? Why don't you show them a voice of hope on what it could look like? Because maybe you, you were a drug addict, but you can show that person who's suffering through drugs on how to get out of it. You might, go, you might know somebody who's an alcoholic, and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Were you an alcoholic? Yeah, cool. You're a witness now. So now witness hope. You may be going through like a breakup or some kind of hurt, and you know that I've been through that. Why don't you voice something so they can see another way, that there's hope at the end of their tunnel? Imagine if the church did that. Show hope in the midst of chaos. That's what we're called to do. But how can the world we live in know hope if we don't live out hope? Are we all right this morning? I see hope as this, when I take the time to listen to someone who's broken and feels like no one's for them. Let me say that again. I see hope as when I take the time to listen to someone who was broken and feels like no one's for them. You may know someone right now that you're like, oh yeah, that person, oh, yeah, it seems like they, they feel like they want to give up. But one conversation with you yeah. can change the world. Yeah. Every moment with Jesus' encounter, when Jesus had encounter with people, it was only in a moment, but it changed their life. We're hope carriers, but on top of that, we're hope witnesses. See, I see hope as when we give an opportunity to someone who may not be the best, but have the heart to do that certain thing. This is for people who are bosses and people who are, who are um, team leaders and that. Someone's asking you to like, oh, I can do it, but you're like, no, nah, they can't do it. But imagine if you gave them the opportunity change the whole world. I see hope as going to dinner with those people who feel rejected and people who don't want to spend time with. You may know a family member. (laughs) I'm just thinking right now. You may know a family member that you don't want to spend time with because you're like, no, I'm sick of that person. (laughs) But imagine if we change our approach to like, actually, I want to spend time with them to voice hope. The person that annoys you the most will actually be your best friend because the voice of hope that you give to them I see hope as buying someone a coffee not knowing that act of kindness will change their world. Are we all right this morning? Amen. I'm giving you practical things on what hope would look like. I see hope when someone walks into hills that they feel loved and not judged. Manly, sometimes I walk into a conference and sometimes I walk into a church and I feel real low. This is the truth. Like, I feel real low. It might not be the people or anything, but it might be the atmosphere. I don't know what it is. But imagine, if Hills N Z, we show hope by having every person that walks into this building feel loved, not judged, and feel this unconditional love and overwhelming um, championing them when they walk in. That's right. I see hope when your child stuffs up, but you continue to love them unconditionally that gives them hope. I see hope when, if a family member does you wrong, is that you are quick to forgive and show hope that gives them hope for a better way. And Holy Spirit will help you and guide you in the way you voice hope. I'm going to reiterate that you're hope carriers, but you don't get to pick and choose who you give hope to. Let's make this real clear. We don't pick and choose who we give hope to, but we give hope to all. Whatever that looks like. And the thing is, Holy Spirit's in you. And he helped guide you and help with your articulating what you're going to say, what you're going to do. But I know that sometimes, I know I have done this, that I'll be at countdown, and God pulls on my heart to buy somebody's groceries. And I'm like, nah, that's the devil. uh, Is it just me? Like uh, You feel in your heart to do something for somebody, but you draw back. I just lost that opportunity to witness hope to somebody. And I pray throughout this week that God will tug on your heart to be a witness of hope. That you'll be willing and open to go, God, I have faith in you that you'll, and even if God didn't tell you to do something like that, all good. You know why? Because you still gave hope. Yeah. Hope is simple, but it's selfless. Yes. I want to say that again to us this morning. Hope is simple. Like buying somebody a coffee randomly, it's easy. Buying somebody's groceries, easy, simple, but it's selfless. Yeah. It's selfless in a way that we're not pointing hope to us but we're pointing hope to God. Because when someone goes, why'd you do that? Oh, I just felt God told me to do that for you. That's it. Oh, I just feel like God says, God wants me to tell you, he loves you. He's got a plan and purpose for you. Imagine that one conversation changing their life with a carrier of hope. Our voice of hope is not to point to the name of hills but to the name of Jesus. Yeah. We're not here to point to hills. Hills is great. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love our church. But our church points to Jesus, the name that's above every other name. And without Jesus, there is no hope. There is no program, no church service or conference that can change the hearts of man. Only God can. So if we get this into our heads that only God can change people's hearts, then let's just sow the seed. Let's sow the seed of hope and let God do his business. We as hills are not here to make our name famous, but we're here to make Christ's name famous. You know this this witness of hope? It's not to make hills, everyone talk about hills, but we want everyone to talk about God and what he's doing. We're here to make him famous. Hallelujah. And so in this moment, I declare that Hills and Z will be a people who will be Christ's witnesses of hope. I declare it over us this morning. That we will step out and walk out and keep our eyes on Jesus. That we will step out and we will walk out and keep our eyes on Jesus. That the things or people that made us draw back or ashamed or powerless will no longer have power over your people. You know, the very thing that makes you scared not to do the things that God's asking you to do, that tug? I pray that you'll have boldness in those moments, that fear may come over you, but faith will arise. Faith will arise. And that you'll step out with boldness to do something incredible in somebody else's life that points back to Jesus. I think this whole series of Our Voice is all about Jesus. If you think about it, in the last three weeks, oh, this is for week four, it's all about building a relationship with Jesus, is the main thing. It's cool that we can build a relationship like this way, but if we build this strong, this will be stronger. So, why don't we stand this morning? Father, I declare in this moment this week, as we voice hope and be witnesses of hope, I pray that boldness will come forth and faith will arise in every occasion. That our voice will hope, of hope will be a witness to all people in all areas of our lives. I declare right now, over every person right now, that we will be unashamed, that we'll be vocal, that we'll be practical, that we'll be authentic. And in everything, point back to you, Jesus, the source of all hope. So Father, we thank you, and we take it as an honor and privilege to be a witness of hope. So in this moment, like before I hand over to Pastor D, is there anyone in here, as we're speaking, maybe God was telling?